Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Rival Fantasy has both over-unders and custom challenges. If you love or hate a player this week, you can issue a custom challenge to the community. Rival's the best way to play the players you love every week. And with promo code PLAYER, any losses are refunded up to 50 bucks. going on player profiler faithful it's your pal maddie kiwum and welcome to episode 17 of the game plan today i am going right back into the trenches to break down some of the toughest lineup decisions as we head into championship week that's right we are getting ready for the championship people so, of course, I got to get back in those dirty trenches and help decide some of the hardest lineup choices that are out there, in my opinion. And you already know that your boy is taking your bargain bin shopping for some cheap options in week 17. So, ladies, gentlemen, children of all ages, let's start game planning for our week 17, a.k.a. the ship, baby. So, as always, before we dive into the segments, we got to go over the last-minute injury news, the practices, the late-in-the-week practices, and who's in, who's out, what do we know as of now? Because if you don't know who's in, how do you know who to play in your lineups? So, we got to go through that first. Let's start with the missed practices. Tua Tungabailoa has been ruled out with a concussion. Just send the man positive vibes. He's had some awful injuries in his football career. My man has sold his body to the game. And this year, it's a couple of or two or three concussions now that uh, it's it's just scary out there. So we're hoping for the best for Tua. I hope he can just get back, you know, as healthy as possible. Take his time because he's got a long career. It, it You don't want to see him start throwing it away this early. So thoughts and prayers and, and, and good vibes to Tua and, and all around him in his circle. So get better, Tua. Greg Dolchich has been placed on the IR with a hammy injury. So his season is Denzo. Lamar Jackson will miss another game as he heals from his knee injury. So much for missing just a handful of games. If you were able to unload Lamar Jackson in your championship run early on in this process, good for you because it has seemed to be worse than initially reported. And my man Tony G, Antonio Gibson, has been ruled out, and I am sad about it because the Commanders had a very good matchup against the Cleveland Browns. But having said all that, fire up your fire up your Brian Robinson if you got him because, like I said, that matchup is a very, very juicy one against the Browns. 
Let's move on to the limited practices. Jalen Hurts did return to practice, got in two limited practice, but has been listed as doubtful for this week's matchup. Makes sense. They have long-term goals. They're looking to make a run in the playoffs. There's no need to rush him back and for a home game against the Saints. So fire up Gardner Minshew. More on him later in the show. Trevor Lawrence. He has been listed as questionable with a toe injury. Don't really need to worry about that because he's been playing through it this whole time. There's been a few weeks now where he's put up some big numbers where he's been dealing with his toe injury. So this week should be no different as the Jaguars take on the divisional rivals, Houston, Texas. Jerry Judy is questionable with an ankle injury, but is expected to suit up. Could be a juicy one against the Chiefs, but the Chiefs haven't really been pushing that pace. They have been double-digit favorites the last two weeks, but they haven't really played that way. They've played these teams that they were supposed to crush a lot closer. So, But either way, it's been a pretty easy matchup for opposing wide receivers against the Chiefs, so you're going to want Judy on the field. Ken Walker has been limited in practice, but head coach Pete Carroll said he should play. Now, I know we don't like to listen to Pete Carroll because my boy doesn't always tell the truth, but... It is what it is. We can only take and use the information that is at hand. And if he plays, I definitely would like to play him. He has been a stud this year for the Seahawks and for fantasy. Tyler Lockett, his teammate, Ken Walker's teammate, looks like he will suit up after missing just one game uh, with that finger issue. So he should be back uh, at home against their matchup with the Jets, which could be good if he's if he's ready to rock and roll, that could be a very good matchup. The Jets are tough against opposing wide receivers, but they're a lot weaker in the slot than they are on the outside, obviously, when they got the sauce. But we're actually going to talk about that uh, pass attack for Seattle here just in a little bit. Debo Samuel, he practiced twice this week, but has been ruled out for Week 17. Much like the Eagles, the Niners have long-term aspirations in the playoffs, so they're going to handle their players with kid gloves, so Debo will miss another game. Christian Watson is questionable with a hip problem, but he did get a limited session in on Friday. It's very, very, very questionable. We are not sure if he's going to play. Um, I would actually be, I would side on the, on the I, would, I would err on the side of caution. I'd be a little careful. I don't know if he's going to play. Doesn't seem like he's going to play. A guy who does seem like he's going to play, Ramondre Stevenson. He was limited all week. He's been limited for the last three weeks in practice, but he should be good to go, given he has yet to miss any time with that ankle injury. So he should be good to go this weekend. Uh, his running mate, Damian Harris, is a full go. So he will return after missing, I think, two games with a thigh injury. So they should have their two-headed monster against the Dolphins. Dawson Knox was limited on Friday, but just remember the Bills do play on Monday Night Football, and Knox appears like he will play in that game, and you want pieces of that game. Bengals Bills could be a fun one here on Monday Night Football. I am very, very excited. Chris Olave, he has logged in three limited practices and appears ready to return to action against the Big Bad Eagles. And who and surprising news here just on Friday, we heard about this. DeAndre Hopkins, he left practice early, uh, dealing what was used as and I'm using quotes here as a knee issue. So we need to monitor that situation on Saturday uh, and see what's going on. Uh, maybe start game planning for some replacements because if he's got a knee injury, he's going to be limited. And he's got David Blah, Blue, Blah, David Blah at starting quarterback. So. 
it might be a tough go for D Hop, but it's he if anyone is QB proof, my man D Hop is QB proof. All right, let's keep it moving to the full practices, the good stuff, the happy stuff, if you will. So the sick boys, Stefan Diggs and James Conner, they both return to practice on Friday and are ready to rock this Sunday. Thank the heavens above because Stefan Diggs and James Conner are going to be very important in winning fantasy championships this week. So we're glad to have them back. Christian McCaffrey was removed from the injury report. That's standard practice from a man CMC. Alvin Kamara missed Wednesday and Thursday's practices. Uh, what was listed as personal slash leg injury? But the fact that he's back in practice Friday, the team was never worried about him missing Sunday, so he should be ready to take on the Eagles. Uh, they are a tough matchup, but we got Alvin Kamara ranked as number six in our running back ranks for this week, so you're going to want him in your lineup. Austin Eckler is no longer listed on the Chargers injury report. What a scare he gave us. Last play of the game, he kind of got tripped up. Kind of started to get back on his feet. He was a little ginger, a little, little, little tough getting up. And then he was listed as questionable. We were like, oh, no, not the RB1. Don't take him from us. Uh, he will be ready to go. So that is very, very good news. Our Aaron Jones will not have an injury tag heading into the Packers' massive divisional matchup, which is good. So you're looking to get him in your lineups. Brandon Cooks had a touchdown last week, and he is off the injury report and ready to go against Jacksonville. That's pretty good. So if you're looking for a flex, Brandon Cooks might be the guy you want to look at. Deontay Johnson logged back-to-back full practices and will be ready for his Sunday night matchup versus the Ravens and Eagles teammates AJ Brown and Miles Sanders they are both off of the injury report and ready to go against the Saints this weekend so it looks like we are going to have a pretty good plethora of players uh, ready to rock. Obviously, some QB problems. Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, I roster both of them in a super flex league in which I am in the championship. Probably going to have to start Nick Foles. <laughs> Joke's on you, Kiwoom. All right. That is going to wrap up the practice reports, the injury news for the end of the week. So let's go ahead and dive right into the first segment. And it's been the segment over the last three weeks because I think this is the most important thing that we can do. It is getting into the trenches, getting dirty, and sorting through some of the toughest lineup decisions. Whether to start a player, replace an injured player, whatever it's been over these last few weeks, I think this is the most important thing when game planning for the championship is kind of sorting out some of the harder decisions uh, that have to be made. And I got five situations here, five players or situations that we're going to kind of break down, walk through so that when you're making your final lineups choices on Sunday, you have a little bit more information. You might feel more comfortable with what decision you lean towards. So let's get right on into the trenches. Friggin' shit, get down, boys, let's do it. What do you do with Justin Herbert? Okay, that's our show today, guys. Uh, have a great have a great weekend. No, I'm just kidding. Of course, that's not where I'm going to leave you. Justin Herbert, my man, I mean, he looks the part. Tall kid, laser, rocket arm, makes all the throws on the field, makes him look easy. But in fantasy, he's just not been as good as we would hope he'd be considering the skills that he possesses on the season. He's QB 11 on a points per game basis. He's QB 15. It, it just doesn't sit right with me. And over the last two games, he's had 10.7 fantasy points, finishes QB 25. And then last week, 6.5 fantasy points. He finishes QB 30. So what do you do with him? Because he takes on the Rams this week. And the Rams, uh, they've given up 19 passing touchdowns to opposing quarterbacks. That's the sixth least amount of passing touchdowns allowed. 
And they've only and they've taken the ball away. They have 14 interceptions, the Rams do, and that is the fourth most in the NFL. So it's not particularly a very easy matchup. The Rams also uh, surrender the second least amount of rushing yards and have only allowed one rushing touchdown to opposing quarterbacks, uh, which isn't his bread. It isn't Herbert's bread and butter. But my man ran a four six eight. He can get moving. He's sneaky fast. I would say. So to take that part away does kind of make you a little extra nervous. But let's look at some of the brighter side things in this matchup. The Rams do present a a pass funnel type of defense because they're 7th in rush DVOA and 20th in pass DVOA. So teams may be trying to capitalize on this matchup with through the air, which is good for a guy like Herbert who can make all the throws, has all the weapons back, ready to go. But back to the negative side, the over-under 40 and a half... Vegas doesn't think this game's going to shoot out, so will it? I mean, head coach Brandon Staley, he's okay running the football. He's okay being conservative. Look at the game on Monday Night Football last week. They had that game in control, and they just kind of coasted. They didn't need Herbert to go boncos, and they didn't let him go boncos. He made some great throws, made a couple of turnovers, and boom, 6.5 fantasy points. They are eight-point favorites at home, the Chargers are, over their city rival, the Rams. So does that mean... If the points don't come early, do they come at all? You might be sitting there with a, a eight-point first half from Herbert, and you might finish with a 12-point game. Because if they have the lead, they may take their foot off the gas. They are in the playoffs. They've already clinched the playoffs. So having brought all this together, having talked about all this, what am I going to do and what could you do with Justin Herbert? So I would suggest not getting too cute. Justin Herbert, uh, in our player profiler ranks, we have him at QB4. For the week so we do have faith um, that he could get right he does like I said he has the weapons what he doesn't have is the touchdowns he's got a 6.5% touchdown rate uh, no not 6.5 that'd be humongous that'd be so high that's Dak Prescott type of levels that's Tua Tungavailoa levels he has a 3.3% passing touchdown rate he only has he's 12th in total touchdowns uh, or in passing touchdowns which is kind of a, a driving factor of his lack of productions for sure so if does that come back? I think it could. You know, they are projected to win by over a touchdown. They have to score to do that. So I wouldn't get too cute. I wouldn't I wouldn't start any of the uh, bargain bin players we'll talk about. I wouldn't stream over him. But I would contemplate starting Jared Goff and Kirk Cousins over Herbert. Um, in one of my leagues, I am making that very decision, Goff or Herbert. And as of right now, I am leaning Goff. I love that 50-point matchup against the Bears indoors in what could be a massive shootout on the week. Um, Goff's been playing great. He has been throwing the touchdowns. And Cousins, again, they're going to go to Green Bay. It's going to be a lot tougher uh, atmosphere, but at the same time, he's been game lately. He's been a top 10 producer over the last few weeks. Kirk Cousins has. So those two names I would absolutely contemplate using. I, Like I said, I probably, as of right now, I am leaning Goff over Herbert in a league. So those are the two names I would contemplate. But after that, I'm not starting Geno Smith, Aaron Rodgers, Gardner Minshew, or Brady, or Purdy, or anything crazy like that. So I'm not getting too cute. But if I got a chance to use Goff or Cousins, that's kind of where I'm going to draw the line. So the next guy, the next player that we're going to talk about, has been frustrating all season long. So I felt like he was absolutely necessary to bring up here today as we're game planning for the championship. And that's DeAndre Swift. We have him as running back 17 in our player profiler ranks. So top 20, not bad. The man still has it. He does have it on a per-touch basis. 
6.1 yards per touch. That's fifth amongst qualified running backs. A 4.32 yards created per touch. That's third best amongst qualified running backs. He has a 7.3% breakaway rate. That's top 10 in the league. And he gets 1.05 fantasy points per opportunity. That's top five amongst running backs. So when he gets the ball, he can still be very effective with the ball. Now, he hasn't really been uh, getting the ball a whole lot and that's really been our frustration jamal williams justin jackson craig reynolds these guys have been in the way stopping him from racking up a massive share and on the season he has a 42.4 percent snap share and a 36.2 percent opportunity share not great and over the last few weeks let's look at the last three week sample size let's just kind of take that out 33.8 percent 40 percent 56.5 percent snap shares not great, and he hasn't eclipsed more than 10 carries over the last three weeks. He hasn't ran more than 20 routes over the last three weeks. He did see nine targets in week 15, caught five of them, and that was his best performance of the three weeks. The usage is tough, but the performance, he can do it. It's in the metrics. He can still get it done, and he does have a soft matchup in the championship. We just talked about Goff playing in a possible shootout indoors. Well, Swift is going to be part of that. Swift is going to be taking on the Bears at home, and the Bears are 29th in rush DVOA, and they've given up 16 rushing touchdowns. That's the second most. The over-under 52, man, I just, I am going to have a tough, tough, tough time staying away from Swift, just given his big playability, given the fact that they've kind of treated him with kid gloves and he's seemingly over his injuries. I think this is a week where if he can take one to the house, you know, they might let him cook. They might, might let him get after it. So I am playing Swift over, you know, Bam Knight, Jarek McKinnon. I'm playing Swift over the Miami running backs, and I'm playing Swift over the Buffalo running backs. Um, guys, I would hesitate to play him over would be your David Montgomery's, your Leonard Fournette's, uh, Miles Sanders, Kenneth Walker, and now we're looking in the top 10. So I'm not, I'm definitely playing all those guys over him. Uh, but I think that he's definitely worth playing over a, you know, Brian Robinson, even if it's Brian Robinson Swift, I'm going Swift. I'm going with the guy that can still cook. Look at his per touch numbers. If he does see the snap share look a lot like last week, which was over 50%, and he could see those targets kind of go up from five to maybe six, and the receptions go up from one to four, you know, he really starts hauling in some passes. I think he could have 100 total yards and a touchdown. And because of that big playability, I just I want to play those guys in the championship for sure. Unless you feel like you're going to absolutely mollywop your your opponent, Swift's the guy that I'm going to get in my lineup uh, more more often than I I won't. So that's what I'm that's where I lie there on DeAndre. So let's move on to the Seattle passing attack. Okay, it's it's been a little bit what do you want has lackluster. I guess you can maybe say. Uh, you know they had the Niners on Thursday night football, which didn't go well. Then last week against the Chiefs. DK looked good. Lockett was out. Geno Smith didn't look good. So we're going to sort through that here. The three guys that we're going to talk about. Excuse me. Geno, Lockett, Metcalf. First, let's talk about their opponents. The New York Jets coming to town. And the New York Jets have the sixth best. They're sixth best in pass DVOA. So they've been absolutely effective at stopping the pass this season. Uh, they've given up the fourth least amount of passing yards and the least amount of passing touchdowns to opposing quarterbacks. Um They've also given up the second least amount of receiving yards to opposing wide receivers overall. Great mark. 
And that's highlighted by their rookie cornerback, Sauce Gardner. Uh, he's been absolutely, he's been smothering this season. He's been very good uh, stopping the outside pass catcher. He's top 10 in catch rate allowed, fantasy points allowed per cover snap, and fantasy points allowed per target. So he is stopping players from producing at high levels. Like I said, the Jets are a lot softer um, covering the slot which normally would be great for Lockett. The finger injury does make me nervous. Um, I don't know if you've ever caught a football. Uh, I'm sure most of you have. You kind of need your fingers to make catches. Um, And the fact that he's been dealing with a finger injury, had surgery, and made a comment that he's going to let it heal in the offseason. Badass quote, badass player, love Lockett. But the fact of the matter is, this could come back to bite him in the old keister. Um, Like I said, finger injuries, not great for catching footballs. Uh, so having all that said, all that, I think I'm, 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 I'm fully avoiding Geno Smith. I would play, um, Gardner Minshew over him. So I, you know, a little, little, little sneak peek, a little spoiler alert. He is one of my bargain players this week. So I would take one of the bargain players over Geno. I would play Aaron Rodgers over him. If he's been dropped, I would play Tom Brady over him. If he's been dropped where I'm getting a little cloudy is the other guy in the bargain bin. You'll hear about him later. I'm not sure if I would go this player over him, given the game script, but cousins, I will definitely go over him golf. I will definitely go over him. So there are options to explore. Now, in your two QB formats where it might get tough to find someone to put in the game, you might be asking, so should I should I start Mike White, the guy he'll be going against? I would take Smith over White. So if White is available and you have Smith in your two QB Superflex formats, I would stick to Smith over White because it's kind of a similar situation between the two. And I just think Smith's been very good and has really good receivers. I mean, so does White. And maybe he has more to prove. And maybe I'm talking myself into White over Smith. But I think after doing the research, I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm going to go Smith over Mike White. But Rodgers, Minshew, Goff, Cousins, uh, those are the guys I'm absolutely going with over Smith. Now, let's talk about Lockett. Names I would play over Lockett for sure. I would play DJ Moore over Lockett. I would play Cortland Sutton, believe it or not, over Lockett. And we're going to talk about this guy more in a minute. But I would play Curtis Samuel over Tyler Lockett this week. Um, I have Lockett over my bargain bin wide receivers. So if you're going that low, I would just stick with Lockett. Um, he's going to, if he plays, of course. I mean, if he doesn't play, this is all out the window, but I think that he is going to play. So we want to talk about it. And as far as Metcalf, I'm playing Metcalf. It's simple as that. Uh, I, he's 12th in our wide receiver ranks. And he's just, he's so good. Even in his tough matchup against uh, Ward the other week, he still had over 12 fantasy points. Uh, in PPR formats, and he's just a threat to score a touchdown. He's a threat to score a long touchdown. He's just so good, and the alternatives there would be would just make me too nauseous to, to play. You know, some of the names kind of right behind him, you know, would you play Brandon Ayuk or Metcalf? Give me Metcalf. Would you play Christian Kirk in a tough matchup or DK Metcalf? Give me Metcalf. Like, I just don't find – I can't see a scenario in which I would feel comfortable sitting a guy like Metcalf in the championship. So because I'm just full-on playing him. If, he, if I got him, I'm not worried. He's in my lineup, and I'm not even touching it. So that's that. And I, I, I just think he's – due to his big playability and his ability to just get haul in touchdowns, and I just I, I'm not I'm not sitting him. So that's that's how I'm sorting out. I'm trying to avoid Smith if I can. I'm hoping that I can use somebody over Lockett, but that could be tough, obviously given um, the the options that you may have. But uh, Metcalf, let's play him. 
So that's one passing attack that I wanted to sort through. Here's the other, and I kind of teased it a minute ago, the Washington Commanders pass catchers. So Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin, and Jahan Dotson. How should we play this in our championships? The way we have it ranked right now on playerprofile.com is 27th, wide receiver 27 is Curtis Samuel, wide receiver 30 is Terry McLaurin, and wide receiver 38 is Jahan Dotson. So all top 40 plays, and I would agree with that. I do think that they are all top 40 plays. I'm going to really dive into Dotson in a little bit, a little wink-wink, a little nod-nod. You know what's coming up after, so you know who, why he'll be coming up later. So I'm really going to focus more on Samuel and McLaurin. Now, the reason why Samuel's ranked first, and I completely b- support this, and this is why I would play Samuel over Lockett, is no Tony G. We've seen Riverboat Ron use uh, Curtis Samuel in a running back fashion, you know, catching passes out of the backfield, making plays kind of similar to how he used McCaffrey. I mean, he did use Samuel in Carolina with McCaffrey in this fashion. So I think the no Tony G will kind of push Ron Rivera to use Curtis Samuel in these gadgety ways. And in your PPR formats, you'll take that. Even if it's a dump off for two yards, that's 1.2 fantasy points. You'll take those, that accumulation. And he's shown the ability to score touchdowns. Uh, Curtis Samuel has recently, and he's it, you're not kind of you're not grasping at straws with Samuel. It's not like this guy's been a, a, on your bench forever because he's stunk over the last three weeks: fourteen point six fantasy points, seven point five, and sixteen point four last week against a tough matchup. So I'm okay with having him first, and I'm okay with using him. Of these three, I am the most comfortable using Curtis Samuel. So let's talk about McLaurin. You might be saying, "Kiwoom, what are you nuts?" You would you would you would play Curtis Samuel over Terry McLaurin, Terry Max, Gary Terry? I would, I would, I really would. And here's why: with Wentz and with Heineke, he has noticeably worse splits with Wentz as opposed to Heineke. So with Heineke, he had eight point four targets a game. That's a twenty eight, a twenty seven point eight percent snap share. Very good, very very good. And a two point six three yards per route run. Very 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 good. Now his splits with Wentz. 6.2 targets per game. That's a 15.9% target share and a 1.44 yards per route run. A noticeable drop off with Wentz. And now with the emergence of Jahan Dotson, uh, I think I would look for alternatives when it comes to Terry Mack, when it comes to Scary Terry. That might seem blasphemous. And you might say, you know, He's been good all year. He's a top 20 wide receiver. He's knocking on the top 15. I'm not benching him. And, and you know what? Fine. I can't I can't really argue there. He has been good, you know, but on a you know, points per game basis, wide receiver 22. I think when you hear that, it's a little less uh shocking to be like, "Oh, what bench him?" And even last week he saw five targets. He caught four of them. He had 77 yards and a touchdown. So that gave him the 17.7 fantasy day. Uh are you going to rely on the long touchdown? I hate doing that. I just don't like betting on lower probability plays when it matters most. So that's why I would take Samuel over McLaurin. Now, it might be tough to straight up bench McLaurin. And you might be asking, would you go Yahan or would you go McLaurin? Pound for pound, I will tell you in a minute after I talk about Dodson. So I'm definitely going Samuel first of the three. And then I will tell you how exactly the next two spin out. But if I could look for alternatives from McLaurin, I would. I would look at other guys. Uh, would you play Greg Dortch over McLaurin? This might sound crazy, but if D-Hop is out, yes, I would play uh, Dortch the Torch over McLaurin. He's just been absolutely productive when he gets the opportunities. When he has a 70% or more snap share, the dude has been an uber performer. He's really good at football. And 
I think we could see it again this week. So I would go with that route. But would I go Dodson over McLaurin? You're going to have to keep tuned in to find out. And the last situation, the last thing I want to talk about, we got to talk tight ends here, right? Should you go back to the Tyler Higby? Well, should you play Tyler Higby this week in the championship? We got him ranked at tight end seven. So top 10 play here at Player Profiler. He's uh, limited this week with an elbow injury, but Sean McVay believes he will suit up. So obviously if he's <laughs> ruled out, you can't play him. But we're going to assume that he is. I- I'm going to believe McVay that he is going to play. And over the last two weeks, Tyler Higby's been pretty good. 12.7 fantasy points. And then last week, he had an absolute bangeranger in the fantasy fa- semifinals, scoring 30.4 fantasy points. So he's been good lately. Now, who is he taking on? They're taking on the LA Chargers. We talked about a little bit with, 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 with Herbert. The over-under of 40.5 points is uh, not exciting. But what do we look at when we, when we look for tight ends? Will they score? And he's been scoring lately. So... Let's look at the defense. Do they allow tight end scoring? Well, they're ninth in overall in pass DVOA, so they're pretty good at stopping the pass. And they do give up their fair share of yards to tight ends, but not a whole lot of touchdowns to tight ends. So that's kind of discouraging. Joey Bosa will be back, so he could get after Baker Mayfield. Make it a lot tougher for him to complete passes, given how bad the uh, Rams offensive line has been. But I want to read off some metrics here, season-long metrics for Tyler Higby. He has an 89.4% snap share. He has He's ran 393 routes. Both of those metrics are top three amongst qualified tight ends. He's seen 97 targets. That's top four. And 13 red zone targets. That's seventh most amongst tight ends. So the usage is absolutely there. Absolutely there. And that's why I'm I'm saying that overall, are you playing Tyler Higby? Yes. We need touchdowns when we're looking at tight ends. And to get touchdowns, you want to be on the field. And my man is on the field a ton. Um, a worry a worry of mine is the, the blocking factor. They do like to keep Higby in line to help blocking. And a guy like Bosa may need some help. I know they got Cleo Mack, so they, they are going to get after Mayfield. And they may have to use Higby in more of a blocking fashion. Um, but like I said, the targets are there. The red zone targets are there. And sometimes getting tight ends to chip and get out quick is a way to help quarterbacks get rid of the ball quickly. Baker has shown a likeness of to go to Tyler Higby. Uh, so I'm I'm going to play him. Now, what does that mean exactly? I would play Higby over the two bargain bin tight ends that we're going to talk about here a little bit. The tight ends that are ranked below him in our player profiler ranks that I would start over him is only three. So we have, like I said, uh, Higby at tight end seven. So at tight end eight, Dallas Goddard, I'm playing Goddard. I know his production wasn't great last week. Um, he only scored, I believe it was like seven or so fantasy points. I'm going to bring that up right now. He had no, no he had 9.7 fantasy points in his first game back. But you saw the p- big playability. You saw him go up and get passes. And he was on the field for 91% of snaps. So he's healthy. He's going to be out there. And I just think Goddard is one of those special players that I'm not benching. So I'm definitely going Goddard. I'm going Dawson Knox in this matchup. We saw him last year against the Bengals have an absolute ridiculous catch and run, um, and he's been very good for the Bills lately. He's coming off of three double-digit games in a row. He's finished tight end five, tight end three, and tight end nine over the last three weeks. Um, The snap share is there. The routes are there. The targets are there, and I want a piece of that Monday night football game. So I would would play Dawson Knox over – Tyler Higby. And the last guy that I would play is Pat Frymuth. I would play Frymuth. I just love his floor. 
Um, he had a dud because he was hurt in week 15 or he got hurt in week 15, but uh, all around that, you're just looking at a double digit God. That's just kind of where he's at. He doesn't, he doesn't have a lot of spike weeks, but because of his, uh, his, his consistent scoring ability to be right around tight end 10 to tight end six or seven, uh, I want that consistency. I like that consistency. And Baltimore does have the, you know, they're kind of a neutral middle line tight end matchup. So I would take Friar Muth over, um, Tyler Higby, but, uh, after that, I'm going Higby. I think he's a top ten play, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to the Tyler Higby well. So that's gonna wrap up the trenches section. So just a quick summary: Are you starting Justin Herbert? Yes, don't get too cute. But if you have the ability to start Jared Goff or Kirk Cousins, those are alternative routes I would look at pretty pretty deeply. Am I trusting DeAndre Swift? Yeah. The dude still can make plays on a per-touch basis. It's there in the metrics. He's got the soft matchup with a crazy over-under. I'm going to go to the DeAndre Swift well. Um, yeah, how do I sort out the Seattle passing attack? I'm trying to avoid Geno Smith. Uh, I will I will say be cautiously optimistic about Ty Lockett. I would look for alternatives, like I mentioned, uh, but they're good alternatives. I'm not going too deep, not going to the bargain. I've been forming Metcalf. You're playing Metcalf. I mean, you're going to tell that man he's on your bench? <laughs> I'm not. That's for sure. Sorting out the wide receivers for the Washington Commanders. I am happily playing Curtis Samuel. And when it comes to McLaurin and Dotson, you got to stick around to find out exactly how to play that. And am I playing Tyler Higby? Yes, I think he is a top 10 play this week. So before we get into the bargain bin, I want to talk to you about something. I want to talk to you about something that we're all going to have to deal with here in just a couple of weeks, and that's no fantasy football. What are you going to do? I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to be freaking sad. I'm going to be very sad. When I can't check my sleeper teams and I can't see what's going on, I don't see scoring on Sundays. I just think, oh, you know, it's just sad meme. Insert sad meme here. I'm very sad about it. But what if I told you that if you were a fan of Tyler Higby, if you wanted to invest in Gardner Minshew long term, that you didn't need fantasy football in the traditional sense to scratch that itch? Prediction Strike is a place where you can invest in players like their stocks. You can buy low, sell high, play the game just like the stock market, kind of get your fantasy fix in that regard, and it's a fantastic, fantastic platform. You can get yourself some Gardner Minshew, watch that stock rise. If he keeps playing, you can sell Tyler Higby after his big performance last week because you don't think it's going to be there. However you want to do it, you can do it at Prediction Strike, and you can use your knowledge of fantasy and mold it into how to Play the stock market, the fantasy football stock market at Prediction Strike. Not only can you play there, not only can you get your fantasy fix there, but if you use the promo code Underworld, you can get a free player share with your $20 deposit or more. So if you want to get yourself a little Gardner Minshew, but you don't want to pay too much, well, deposit 20 bucks and use your free player share on Gardner Minshew. That's right. If you use the promo code Underworld, you will get a free player share with a $20 deposit. Prediction Strike, go over there now, and it will help keep your fantasy brain happy when traditional fantasy is gone. When you're a sad boy like me, fantasy is gone. Prediction Strike, use the promo code Underworld and get a free player share with $20 deposit. All right, here we go. It is the Fantasy Championship Bargain Bin segment, segment, segment. Let's go. Let's dive right in. If you're new to the show, first of all, welcome. What took you so long to come hang out with your boy? But I'm glad you're here. And what is done here in the Bargain Bin section is two 
players at each position. So we got two QBs, two running backs, two wide receivers, and two tight ends. These are your cheap DFS options or your streamer options. Like I always say, this isn't a DFS show. We have fantastic DFS shows on the Player Profile Network that you should check out. But I do have the numbers here if you want a quick reminder. But this is more of your streaming options. These are the guys that are more widely available in leagues that you can scoop up and play. And this is when the the the, the stakes are the highest, ladies and gents. This is the fantasy championship, so let's get into it. And the first guy I'm going to talk about is a guy I talked about last week, but if he's still available in your league, <laughs> you got to get him. I'm talking about the man with the mustache, Gardner Minshew. The Eagles are home against the New Orleans Saints. Minshew is rostered in only 12% of one QB in 39% of your Superflex format. So go ahead and add him. He's 5,500 on DraftKings, 7,500 on FanDuel. Player Profiler has him ranked at QB 10, as do I. Um, that is absolutely a top 10 play with a top one mustache. I mean, the dude is just, he's got that swag. Uh, the over-under of 44 is pretty good. It's a pretty good number. And the Philadelphia Eagles, they're five and a half point favorites at home. Uh, which does suggest that it could get be a little bit closer. I think Vegas projected to be a, a little, it doesn't project a blowout, which is good. So it keeps Minshew uh, competing and not just handing off the ball. Um, he's not a guarantee, but it does seem like he's going to play. Uh, like I said, at the top of the show, Jalen Hurts is doubtful. I really don't think he plays. So it's, we're looking like we can fire up Gardner Minshew. And as the starting quarterback last week, week 16 against the Cowboys, a very good defense. He had 60% completion percentage. He threw for 355 yards. He had three total touchdowns and scored 24.7 fantasy points. That's QB5 on the week. He did have three turnovers. And I'm not saying this as like a, uh, I'm not trying to put this on, I'm not trying to sweep this under the rug. The three turnovers are important. Why? It shows that he doesn't need to be perfect to be productive. Uh, three turnovers is not good. Uh, but I don't expect a defense like the Saints to cause that many turnovers. Uh, they don't really get a whole lot of picks. They're amongst the league worst in interceptions as a unit. So I think that the three picks or the three turnovers, I should say, last week, but still a cute top five QB performance really suggests like he doesn't need to be perfect. He doesn't need to go out there and throw a no hitter. He needs he can go out there and do his thing, be a little reckless and, and still produce uh, for your fantasy team. And this is some bro science. I like to inflect some bro science from time to time here on the game plan. Gardner Minshew has that dog in him. He just, he got that dog in him. He ain't a kid cat. He got that dog in him. And he will not want to lose two in a row as a starter. He just won't. And that extra oomph, that little extra dog this weekend, I think is going to be beneficial for not only the Eagles, but your fantasy team. So Gardner Minshew is absolutely a play if you need a quarterback. The other quarterback is Brock Purdy. They are going to the Vegas Raiders, so that's indoors. We like that. 18% rostered in one QB. He is 64% rostered in your Superflex 2 QB, so he may not be available there. But the fact that he's available in about 35% of leagues, you might have you might be lucky. Maybe he was dropped. Maybe he was just kind of ignored because it's the end of the season. But if he's there, it's someone you can use. He's 5,500 on DraftKings, 7,000 on FanDuel. Player profiler hasn't ranked that QB 14. I have him ranked just one spot higher at QB 13. So we are pretty lockstep there. The over under 41 and a half is no bueno, but the fact that the uh, San Francisco 49ers are 10 point favorites on the road, they're going to have to score to put up, you know, to get up by 10 points. They could be up by double digits. They got to score. And I think that can absolutely come from Brock Purdy. So 
What kind of defense is he taking on in, in Vegas? Their pass defense gives up 1.60 fantasy points allowed to the mean. That's the eighth most advantageous matchup in that metric. They are 32nd in pass DVOA, so they flat out stink as a unit, according to Football Outsiders. And they've only gotten five interceptions. That's the third least. So takeaway factor is not as strongly present as it may be with other defenses. So we like that with a guy like Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy has a 7% touchdown rate. Now, it is a small sample size, so that's why it's so high. But the fact is, my man is getting the ball to his playmakers, and those playmakers are scoring damn touchdowns. So that's good. That's what we like saying. To speak more on the fact that his playmakers are making plays, Brock Purdy has seen his receivers have a 4.47 receiver yards after the catch per target. So what that means is his receivers have the third best yak uh, for quarterbacks. So it doesn't matter if he he doesn't need volume to to score. He can get the ball in the hands of Christian McCaffrey. He's gotten the ball to uh, George Kittle, who's been dominant last two weeks. And Brandon Ayuk's been very good. So these guys have shown the ability to get chunky yardage after the completion. And that just means that he can score fantasy points quick. So if he goes up uh, by 10 and they kind of start relying on the running backs, he may already have made his day. He may have already gotten to the point that you need as a QB streamer or as a you know second QB in your, your super flex formats and, and, and be above the, the tight end 15, I mean, uh, quarterback 15 threshold, or he may be even hovering around top 12. Um, so Purdy is a guy that I'm absolutely okay with starting if you're in a little bit more of a desperate situation. Uh, since he's become the starter, he has all of his finishes have been in the top 20, but over the last three weeks, quarterback eight, quarterback 14, quarterback 13. So my man is getting the ball out. He's getting touchdowns, at a 7% clip, which is unsustainable, but he, we're only looking for one week. So it's possible he does it again in this horrible uh, matchup with the, the Vegas Raiders. And their team is just going to be in utter shambles, to be honest. Uh, you know, they bench their longstanding franchise quarterback, Derek Carr. They're talking about releasing him. Devontae Adams has gone to bat for him. It's just, I think it's going to get ugly in favor of the, the Niners. So getting their quarterback... Yeah, it could be good process here. Let's move on to the running back position. First guy I'd like to talk about is Chase Edmonds. Uh, the Denver Broncos are at the Kansas City Chiefs. He's only rostered in 34% of sleeper formats. Uh, he's 4,400 on DraftKings, 4,500 on FanDuel. Play a profiler has him ranked at running back 51. I got him at running back 49, so we're both pretty much close there. The over-under 41.5 is not great, but what we do like to see is the fact that Denver are road dogs by 12.5 points. Catch-up mode. We love it. Kansas City gives up. 5.60 fantasy points to the mean to receiving running backs. That's the third most advantageous matchup in football. They've given up 99 receptions. That's the most in football to the running back position. And they've given up 723 receiving yards to opposing running backs. That is the fourth most in the NFL. Last week, um, Chase Edmonds got a chance to come play in blowout on Christmas. First of all, hope you guys had a Merry Christmas. Uh, but he had 53 total yards and only eight touches. Um, he scored 7.3 fantasy points. So he's still showing that he's got a little bit of spring in his step. That's good. That's a good sign. And Kansas City, like I mentioned earlier, they just haven't been blowing out their opponents recently. Houston kept it close. Seattle kept it relatively close. So be careful of the spread. But I think that if it does kind of come to fruition that Vegas ends up being right here, then we're going to love that for Chase Edmonds. Getting that garbage time. 
And maybe he played himself into more of a role anyhow. I mean, the, the, the guys above him, Latavius Murray and Marlon Mack, they're not future assets. They're not long-term uh, guys. But Chase Edmonds might be a long-term they long-term answer. Or not long-term, but you know, just maybe be that guy that can help Javante Williams as Javante gets healthy next year. So they might be looking at a guy like Chase Edmonds and want to give him an extended look. So if you're absolutely desperate at running back, I think Chase Edmonds could be a guy that we rely on. Now, <laughs> that's crazy. We, I love Chase Edmonds. I had him everywhere. So now for him to hit the bargain bin eh, kind of breaks my heart a little bit, but tis the season. It is what it is. The next running back is another running back that I love. It's Khalil Herbert. Uh, the Bears take on the Detroit Lions in Detroit. We've talked about that a couple times. He's rostered in about half of Sleeper League, so it might be tough to pick him up. But if you're part of the half that he is available, you might want to grab him ASAP. Uh, he's 4000 on DraftKings, 5500 on FanDuel. Um, player profiler has him ranked a little bit lower than um, he's a uh, well, uh, little bit lower than I would have thought, but he's at running uh, running back forty. I have him running back thirty five, uh, thirty six in my ranks, so we're not too far off. Uh, but we're basically a top running back, uh, I mean, top 40 running back here for Khalil Herbert. The over under 52 and a half is a beautiful. We love seeing that in the bargain bin. And the Chicago Bears are home or, or road dogs by six points. Another indicator that they may be uh, looking to catch up. So we love that. And let's talk about the Detroit defense, their run defense. They give up 9.42 fantasy points to the running back above the mean. That's the second best matchup in that metric they're 26th in rush dvoa so they're not great as a whole unit and they've given up 15 rushing touchdowns to opposing uh, running backs that's tied for the third most in football we should see an increase in touches for Cleo Herbert, who just came back from the IR last week. He had eight, so we could see that get into the double digits this week. Chicago runs 33.9 run plays per game. That's the most in football. So I think that because of the their inclination to run the football could lead to the increased touches for Cleo Herbert. And Cleo Herbert has been effective this season on a per-touch basis. He has 5.1 true yards per carry. 5.8 yards per touch and 3.42 yards created per touch. All three of those metrics are top seven amongst qualified running backs. So he, getting the ball, he can be very effective with not a whole lot of volume. We are expecting the, you know, David Montgomery to continue to be the, the bell cow, the guy with the above 50% snap share, <clears throat> most of the opportunities. But if we see Khalil Herbert's touches go from eight to 13, 14, or even 12, uh, you know, a, 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 a nice little increase back to kind of where he was at pre-injury. He can do a whole lot with it. And indoors against this defensive matchup, it only takes a big run for him to make that, you know, that flex play worth it, that RB2 even potentially worth it. So if you're looking for a running back and you, and you can't really find one here, go with Cleo Herbert. And of these two, give me Herbert over Edmonds. I would go Herbert over Edmonds. Um, let's move on to the wide receivers. And the first guy I'm going to talk about is actually going to conclude also the trenches segment. It's Jahan Dotson. Jahan Dotson, he, the, uh, his team, the Washington Commanders, are taking on the Cleveland Browns at home. He's 47% rostered. So, again, in about those 50% of leagues that he's there, you're going to want him. You're going to want to go get him. 4,600 on DraftKings, 6,100 on FanDuel. Player profile has at, at uh, wide receiver 38. I got him at wide receiver 37. So, we're Lockstep there. The over under 40 and a half isn't great. 
but Washington is home favorites by only two points, so it could be close. That's enough for us to not necessarily get excited about the matchup, but be okay using players in that matchup. So over his last three games, he has eight targets per game, five receptions per game, 78.3 receiving yards, 103 air yards per game. It's pretty good. And he has 18.3 fantasy points per contest over his last three. My man is emerging as an absolute performer in this passing offense. Uh, the matchup is tough. Cleveland is middle of the ma- the little middle of the league uh, in, in a few metrics, so they're uh, neutral. But you know he is. The, what's tough about the matchup is he's projected to see a lot of Greg Newsom, who's cornerback uh, seven in Cody Carpentier's CB ranks, which I again I highly recommend rec- recommend checking out. His best complainable pair, uh, player on player profilers website is Tyler Lockett. And I just wanted to say that because I love that so much. Tyler Lockett is so, I love Tyler Lockett for years. He's been such a good player. And Tyler and, and Johan Dotson's that type of player too. Now, having said all these, would I go Dotson over McLaurin to, to put a bow on what we talked about earlier? Yes, I would. Yes, I would. I would go, even though I had, even though Dotson's a little bit below McLaurin, I just like what I'm seeing out of him. I like that Wentz will play YOLO ball. And I know McLaurin's YOLO ball too. But Johan's just been so good, just yanking the ball away from defenders. And despite the tough matchup, I would go Johan Dotson if I could over McLaurin. But having said that, you know, they're both right around, you know, 35 to 40 in the ranks. So there are better options than either of them. But if it comes down to McLaurin or Dotson, give me Dotson. Can't believe I'm saying that. Can't believe I'm saying that. So let's move on to another wide receiver, another rookie wide receiver. Romeo Dubes. Don't yell at me, Cody. Cody, I'm sorry. I don't like this guy. I don't I don't really tout this guy, but he could be a, a usable option in the championship, which is crazy. Uh, the Packers take on the Minnesota Vikings at home. He's only 35% rostered in sleeper formats. 4,700 on DraftKings, 5,900 on FanDuel. Play a profiler, has him ranked at wide receiver 45. I got him at wide receiver 44, but if Watson is out, the updated rank should shoot him up uh, considerably, I would imagine. The over-under of 48.5 is noise. And Green Bay are actually home favorites by three and a half points and i read did i get that right i'm gonna double check and to check i am going to the player profiler edge so if you're a better or even if you're not in a, a gambler check these out is it's it's just honestly it's a great tool and just another great tool that we have at playerprofiler.com where it has spreads it has uh money lines it has the over under all that good stuff everything that we need so i just want to double check that i was right here so i think i might have wrote it wrong no green boy is giving up three and a half points at home to a team that's only lost a handful of times. Okay. All right. So Vegas thinks that they're, that the Packers are going to be victorious. That, that's good for Romeo Dubes. Now, the reason why we like this potential uh, bum using this bum, I'm only saying it because I want Cody to be my friend, uh, Minnesota's pass defense. They're 24th in pass DVOA, so they're not great, according to Football Outsiders. Um, they've given up 231 receptions to receivers. That's the second most. And they've given up 3,065 receiving yards total to the opposing wide receivers. That's the most in the NFL. Romeo Dubes does have eight games this year with five or more targets. And he does have three top 24 wide receiver finishes. And it's looking like Christian Watson won't play. So you take all this stuff and do I, I like Alan, I obviously like Alan Lazard, but in, in a situation where you need to add somebody, Dubes can do it. He's shown Aaron Rodgers has shown the uh, you know the comfortability. He's been comfortable. He's shown that he is comfortable throwing deep to Dubes, which is something that we like in a game where he, he has a soft matchup. Just takes a couple, and all of a sudden he's reached his day for the for for your matchup. So that's why I think Romeo Dubes is your your desperate play 
Yeah, here at the bargain bin. Now let's move on to the tight ends. First tight end I'd like to talk about is Taysom Hill. Uh, at the, the the Saints go to Philadelphia. He's rostering about forty seven percent of sleeper leagues, forty nine hundred on DraftKings, sixty eight hundred on FanDuel. Tight end twenty one in player profile ranks. I got him at tight end seventeen. The over under of forty four is pretty good, not terrible. It's a number that we're okay with. We talked about that with Minshew and New Orleans Saints are five and a half point road dogs so not a whole lot indicating there of a comeback but the fact that they may be looking to pass more is good for uh, the well they're tight end philly is not an easy path production at all they're just good at everything on defense but Taysom hill does have three straight games scoring double digit fantasy points and streaming at tight end is about getting a, t- a, a is about getting double digits it's about getting a touchdown getting the double digits and you're probably looking at a top 10 top 12 performance now, how does Taysom Hill get these touchdowns? Well, I mean, he can throw one, he can run for one, or he could catch one. And the crazy part is catching one might be the least likely. The dude might throw in Alave. He might run one and steal one from Kamara, which I hope he doesn't, but he could. And just the fact that he has three different avenues to score is why I want him in my tight end if I'm desperate, because that's what we're looking for. Double digits point scoring and, and a touchdown. So Give me Taysom Hill in, in desperate situations. And if you're uber desperate, this is the uber desperate section of the tight end bargain bin. Uh, Trey McBride, the Cardinals are at Atlanta, so indoors. Um, he's only rostered in 16% of the sleeper leagues. DraftKings has him at 3,300. FanDuel at 48. Uh, both me and player profiler. Both have him at tight end 24 in our ranks. The over-under 42. And the Arizona Cardinals will be getting three points on the road. David Blow is the quarter. David Blow, I don't want to say his name. I'm sorry, Mr. Blow, Mr. B, Mr. David B. Uh, but he is the quarterback um, this week. So it's kind of tough to completely understand how it'll go, but that's okay. Um, Atlanta versus tight ends are a pretty easy matchup. That's one thing that we like. Uh, they give up 4.53 tight end points allowed to the mean. That's sixth most advantageous. Uh, they have the fifth most receptions allowed to tight ends and the seventh most receiving yards allowed to tight ends. So there is an avenue there for production. And though over the last six games, uh, Trey McBride has seen 75 or better snap share. We like that. He's ran 25 or more routes. We like that. And he's seen four or more targets in four of those last six games. So he's getting enough targets to score a touchdown. That's basically what we're looking for when we're this desperate. He has three or more receptions in four of the last five Arizona Cardinal games. So, again, we're not looking at massive production. We're just looking at that tight end 15, tight end 12 floor. D-Hop is hobbled. Hollywood Brown's in trouble. You know, coming late to practice, seeing his his playing time cut dramatically last week. So that could present a chance for Trey McBride to get in and get a couple catches for a touchdown. And that's what we're looking for. So that's kind of exactly where we're at. We're in the desperation mode for tight ends. So let's review real quick at quarterback Gardner Minshew and Brock Purdy. Our running backs in the bargain bin are Chase Edmonds and Khalil Herbert. Wide receivers, Jahan Dotson and Romeo Dubes. At tight end, Taysom Hill and Trey McBride. Okay. Your homework assignment is an easy one this week. It's just to cherish the week. Cherish week 17 for a lot of us. This is it. This is the last week. Whether you're eliminated, whether you're playing, whether you're playing for ping pong balls or the number one overall pick, whatever you're playing for, playing for pride, this is it. This is the last week. So cherish the week. And I know the season's probably been a headache 
We've been doing this every Saturday, trying to sort out through a whole bunch of game plan, tactical issues. So I know it's been a grind. The season's always a grind, but it's going to be over really soon. And we will be craving, absolutely earning. We will be, oh, we will be craving, wanting. We will be desperate to play the beautiful game that we call fantasy football before we know it. So cherish this week. Take it in, whether you're playing for a championship or not. Enjoy the week because fantasy football will be gone in just a snap. It'll be over real soon. So cherish the week. Just cherish it. And my final thought is I just freaking love fantasy football. I love doing this. I love talking fantasy with you guys. So uh, I'm just truly blessed to be a part of the Player Profiler Network. This season has been Seriously, a dream come to, true for me as a football fan, as a fantasy football guy, and as a content creator. So I just wanted to give my final thought that I love the game. I love fantasy football so much, and I love all you guys for rocking with me each and every Saturday. So thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Happy New Year. I hope 2023 is even better than your 2022, even if you had a great 2022. Hope your 2023 is even better. So that is it. That is going to wrap up episode 17. Good luck in your fantasy championships. I am rooting for each and every one of you. Unless you're playing against me, then I'm not. Sorry. What can I do? I can't be that nice. So please subscribe to Play a Profiler's YouTube channel if you're not already. And smash the like button on this and all of our videos. You can follow me on Twitter. I am at Matty Kiwum. I got articles coming out on Play a Profiler. Play a Profiler has articles coming out every single day. Seriously, it's like the best content you can find. Make sure you follow Play a Profiler on TikTok. Player profiler and profiler underscore NFL. TikTok's coming out daily. We're killing it there on TikTok, our IG. And make sure you check out my other show, Trade Gods, with my man Jason Allwine. We're breaking down trades from all different assets, all different avenues. We're doing a lot of dynasty stuff now. We got our focus on dynasty. We just, the latest episode is breaking down trades revolving 2023 round two rookie picks. So make sure you check all that out. I just want to say good luck in your matchups. Happy New Year. Keep game planning, and I'll talk to you next week. Peace.